you know, Metaverse is a good example or a, a good, uh, you know, cautionary tale um, of what, you know, uh, what pushed us to put together a business of this nature. You're listening to Wicked Thoughts, a podcast by Flair Castro. This show is dedicated to helping founders and professionals understand business trends, social media, digital lifestyle, and how to be a better entrepreneur. Let's start learning in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to Wicked Thoughts. I'm your host, Flair Castro, and with me is my co-host for this season, Miss Cody Barrientos Carey. Hi, Miss Cody. Hi, Miss Flair, and hi everyone. Welcome to Wicked Thoughts. And it is an honor um, to co-host with Miss Flair. And it's also an honor for me to introduce today's guest. So today's guest is somebody that we look forward to speaking with because if you talk about startups, he's super legit. He's the go-to guy. He has more than 12 years of experience in R&D. Um, developer recruitment, which we all know is really difficult. And he's always been around since Mataverse days. And also a well-known motorcyclist. Please welcome Mr. Ryan Tang Yu. Hi, Ryan. I think you're muted. Yeah. <laughs> the, the quote of 2020 and 2021. I think you're There's muted. <laughs> right. A wise philosopher once said, you are muted. <laughs> Thank you. Up. and. <laughs> Thank you for being with us right now, Ryan. I told Cody, by the way, because uh, there was a, no, not Cody. There was another person asking, like, who is our next guest for the episode? And I told them, it's going to be Ryan, you. And then I realized there are two Ryans in Cebu, actually. Two Ryan Yus in Cebu. So I had to specify, it's actually Ryan Tan Yu. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's right. Ryan. Yeah, and most Uh-oh. people would know me as Ryan Yu, thinking that Yu is my last name. When oh, I, isn't it? It's, it's Tan Yu. Two words. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. So it's double barreled, sir. <laughs> it has to be Tan Yu. <laughs> That's my last that name. Is, <laughs> yeah. That's, That's interesting. very common in, in, in the Philippines or, or in, in Cebu. Like, people would always assume, okay, since it's Tan right. Yu, it will be you. For, for a good reason, <laughs> that is. Like, in every year of my you know, education, I've always been questioned. You know, are you sure you didn't misspell this or you didn't <laughs> put it in the wrong, you know, the wrong words in the wrong text boxes? Turns out uh, we're first generation. My father changed his last name from Tan mm-hmm. to Tan Yu. Oh. He had reasons, I guess. Um, but yeah, we're, <laughs> we're the first ones. Our, our, our cousins are Tans. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, me. so. And Tan Yu. Well, yeah, again, thank you for being here with us. So before we go to the nitty gritty of our discussion, before it gets intense, before we proceed, I'd like to take this few moments to thank our sponsors. So of course, we have 30 Media, our very own uh, boutique social media and digital agency right here in Cebu. And we have Aleph Talent Solutions. That's Miss Coney's firm. It's a consulting firm that helps you scale your business effectively and efficiently. And we have Grow Libro. It is a startup and invoicing platform so for small businesses. And we have Content Dash, that app. It is an app to help you create social media calendars better. In fact, it is uh, the social media app or calendar that we're using 
to schedule this podcast. And of course, to our podcast partner, the company, our favorite co-working space here in Cebu. So I made sure to really come here to record this episode. They've been offering the space. They've been generous enough. And I will give you the code later on on our Patreon. So now for our viewers and listeners of the show to get to know you more, Mr. Ryan Tan Yu. I would like to ask, if you could um, describe your brand in a few sentences, what would it be? So kindly like a bit of introduction about yourself. All right, sure. Um, so Ehrlich, uh, as uh, Ms. Connie actually uh, correctly um, you know, referenced to, uh, <laughs> is partly influenced by our uh, fandom of the Silicon Valley HBO show, not because of the character, but of the show, uh, you know, it, itself. And so like, that's like half the reason. The other half is Ehrlich in German means honest. Um, oh, and uh, mm. before, before I even started Metaverse, um, you know, in my early days uh, in the tech community or in the business community here in Cebu, I've had this friend, which is my, who is my partner now um, in Ehrlich, uh, who's his name is Bastian Lauer, mm-hmm. and uh, he has been very familiar with, uh, you know, the different ways that people conduct business. And, um, you know, Metaverse is a good example or a, a good, uh, you know, cautionary tale um, of what, you know, uh, what pushed us to put together a business of this nature. So Ehrlich, in a few sentences, sorry, that was kind of long. Um, That's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> a software development uh, company. Mm. We outsource tech to the world. Mm. So I think that uh, aligns with our episode title. It's really like outsourcing yeah. to the world, right? And you mentioned that Metaverse is, you had a, some sort of lesson learned from Metaverse? Yeah. Why? The, the cautionary tale. That what is, was that? Um, <laughs> that's kind of like every startup has a cautionary tale. Yeah. I think that's what um, brings startup founders together. Because the first place, like Ms. Claire and I, we we, yeah. we bonded over that. Like, um, as I said, um, sorry, like I met Ms. Claire um, just recently, but I've always admired her, admired her, idolized her, and just, you know, followed her on LinkedIn. I'm like, okay. Because like every time you say like, um, social media marketing or digital marketing is always Claire Castro. And then one day, I think I posted something about the, sorry, I'm sorry, I have to say, sorry status of our developers in, in Cebu. And that's when we started talking. And you know, like, and then we bonded over the cautionary tale. So we <laughs> really want to hear the cautionary tale yeah. of Metaverse. Um, sure. Well, thank you for uh, asking about Metaverse. Uh, this this tale, uh, I wouldn't exactly say that you know this, you know Metaverse is um, you know a cautionary tale by itself, but it does contain so many lessons. Um, for one, it exists because of uh, this mutual mutually shared interest and vision between us or me as a founder and the Department of Science and Technology. Mm. Now, in that front, everything has been going great. Um, you know, with government support, we are able to cover so much ground in the field of virtual reality and 360-degree media. On the other hand, though, uh, this is what I refer to as a locker room fight. Metaverse um, was hindered um, 
almost like a ball and chain would um, by, you know, locker room fighting, um, fights amongst founders and, mm-hmm. um, you know, territories, uh, unchartered territories that deal with, um, you know, uh, ethics, uh, morals, uh, and pretty mm-hmm. much what a young entrepreneur, um, a newbie in all, you know, in different uh, fronts, what that person or that entrepreneur might encounter dealing with sharks, you know, dealing with the people that have been in the business um, that are mm-hmm. like decades, at least a decade older. So from that end or like in that front, I've learned so much of my lessons and all of this through my journey from day one to what it, what Matsubers has become today. Bastion has been there. And uh, Bastion, meanwhile, has been you know, this friend that's been guiding me, you know, Bastion's mm-hmm. been all over the world. He has uh, studied, well, he's traveled the world, basically. He has his uh, master's in uh, innovation, business innovation. And uh, he sees pretty much many of these problems uh, take place. And he sees what comes after, you know, and it is, you know, in due or in great part because of him that uh, early now exists, of course. So that's, uh, those are the tales or like the lessons mm-hmm. that uh, I, I learned from Matterverse and whatever we did or I did wrong in Matterverse and, uh, you know, as well as uh, the collective, uh, you know, the accumulated lessons from my mm-hmm. first corporation ever. Um, all of those are things that we are, that we are now very wary of and actively avoiding in our like, Okay, thank you, sir. So, sir, I like given that the lessons that you've learned from Mataverse. Um, after that, what would you say would be your non-negotiables when it comes to finding uh, a partner? Okay, hundred percent morals. I I meet people um, like you know on a very regular basis, and uh, as I have partners now, mm-hmm. I did meet potential partners three, four years ago that now only did become my partner. Because of my four years of perspective and the way they operate, the way mm-hmm. they make business decisions and say non-negotiables, just like you pointed out. Um, there are things that uh, say a child wouldn't do to a fish that is about to be cooked, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's that level of innocence that I understand as we grow as entrepreneurs um, kind of gets you know blurred or kind of fades away. But um, I believe, and especially with the people that I'm dealing with now, that I'm partnered with now, I believe that that kind of innocence does not exactly go away. It just gets covered by mm-hmm. business reality. Now, those few people that I find that aren't exactly you know, aren't exactly meek or pushovers, you know, aren't being bullied either. So they have stood their ground in a very specific, unique way. And all of those efforts are their business decisions have always been guided by their morals. So that's what I would say, 100%, the non-negotiable for me. Totally understand, right? And then, um, since it's named after Ehrlich of Ehrlich, as, I, as we mentioned earlier, Ehrlich Bachman was like the most annoying character on. I have <laughs> no idea, Miss. You should I watch it. it. Every yet, every so. startup founder, every developer, every person in IT should watch it. 
or yeah, I, I really loved it. So this guy Erlich Bachman is one of the most annoying, if not the most annoying, um, person on on that show. So, sir, given that you mentioned that um, for you morals definitely non-negotiable, would you work with someone like Erlich Bachman? I would say I yeah. wouldn't exactly <laughs> say that I have not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like just a background there for people yeah, yeah, who haven't like yep. um, seen it. Erlich Bachman is so obnoxious. He <laughs> he like made money because one of his um, inventions or one of his apps made money called Aviato, and mm-hmm. um, so he made so. He decided to make his house an incubation company. So huh. he lets people like Richard and all the other characters like work at his home. So that's generous. Uh, yes, but it's not like a big house. It's like a frat house where he always like oh. <laughs> does weed, like has a bong lying around, and he just treats people like really, really badly. And Richard is this um, really geeky, quiet founder who who works for a company like Google under Gavin Belson. So Richard is this talented person who is bullied by his employer. And then he was hoping that he'd get incubated by Ehrlich, who's also very difficult and who also like, you know, exploits him. So oh. that's, it's, it's like, let's just say he's difficult to like. Yeah, he's difficult to like. That's the right way to describe him. And if you did ask me this question around this week, three years ago, <laughs> I would have said yes, but you know, given the lessons that I learned over the last three years, <laughs> I I can tell you this much: I'd never say no to working with anyone, and that's uh-huh. really prevalent and evident in my uh, three you know the past three years of, of my existence as a business uh, or as an entrepreneur in this local community. But this is what I can tell you, though: contracts are a beautiful thing. <laughs> I've, I've now dealt with certain people that, uh, I mean, there are people that you can deal with on a handshake, right? But yeah. you know, at the loss of handshake, there's no such thing as a gentleman's handshake or a gentleman. I don't believe that too. I yeah, don't believe like, that. It does, like, especially if you work with family or friends. Like, yeah. getting That's into true. business with family and friends. That is the fastest way to get the relationship to deteriorate. Well, I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. Mm. That's like, true. I mean, like, in fairness to Miss Flair, um, sure, I like, uh, instead of like, that's why Miss Flair is really savvy. Um, before we started working together, she was really upfront. Like, she was like, Miss Connie, this is how I work. So, <laughs> like, how would you, like, uh, is that okay with you? And me, I'm like, is like I'm like Miss Flair. I trust everything you do, and I trust you. So I have no problems. Let's let me know, and I'm there. So I'm that. But I like Miss Flair's way of um, just really treating working with people like dating. So like you really have to get to know each other before really committing that you're going to work together. Because as you mentioned, like gentleman's handshake or like gentleman's word that don't that those don't yeah. anymore maybe maybe in the past that could have worked but i guess right now i mean ryan also mentioned that he's worked with bastion your co-founder yeah. for early for mm-hmm. so long you know how he works you know how yes. you know 
how how he runs things and basically that has become your foundation for that dating phase right like what Miss Coney said that dating phase has probationary become your, period exactly, exactly. <laughs> that has become your foundation into building a company like like Ehrlich right mm-hmm. so you mentioned contracts that's a huge thing what else yeah. have you changed with with how you run things with Ehrlich I wouldn't say that there are now things I don't do Mm-hmm. and favor things that I do now, I would say that I still do what uh, much of the things that I've been doing over the past two years, but this time with more finesse, more awareness, more understanding of the implications, direct and indirect. Right. Say, when I said earlier uh, that, you know, uh, contracts are a beautiful thing, that <laughs> You know, sir, we've never heard someone say that because people, te- uh, people like tend to like, shy away from contracts because we it's, a pain. Yeah, we, yeah. it's a pain to deal with but like this right. is new like I will definitely quote Ryan Tanyu contracts are a beautiful thing a white philosopher <laughs> once one said of the <laughs> that contracts aren't necessary with is Bastion so that's that's the level of faith that we have in one another to the point of you know especially when as we encounter certain uh, pandemic driven even um, challenges uh, to the point of uh, me entrusting him with my entire life savings and oh. him doing to me the, the same. So that's the kind of um, people that I now work with. And honestly, you know, it's never it's never like uh, a skill that you master, I would say, mm-hmm. knowing the right people to deal with because it could take years because, you know, there are certain people that you've worked with for years and only for you to find out that they, you know, uh, fall below a certain threshold when it comes to uh, moral standards. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, there are certain people that, although you've, uh, you know, you have met them for less than a year, you know, again, you wouldn't know for sure, but all indications so far can indicate that that person is, you know, uh, wonderful to deal with. No red flags. (laughs) No red flags, that's true. Red flags are the things to watch out for. And at the lack of it, or at the lack of sight of those red flags, they're the contracts. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned that like you do things differently now, so it's with more finesse. So how was Ryan Tanyu like three or four years ago? Before okay. Ehrlich? Uh, um, this is a metaphor that I, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, I, perhaps this is the first time I'm saying this, but I liken my plight or my foray into the business world so much with uh, motorcycling. If you weave aggressively in and out of traffic or you know you exceed the speed limit for no good reason or you become inconsiderate of all the other road users that is the perfect way to now or you know sooner or later wind up in an accident right whether it's not exactly a literal physical accident Mm -hmm. you're going to wind up ruining others days you're going to wind up you know giving a bad name to all motorcyclists in general and that is very prevalent. You know, we all can uh, attest to that. There are people that, you know, you would rather not be seeing on the road, certain behaviors that are just simply unacceptable. And in that same manner that I now have that awareness or um, acknowledgement of responsibility, I put that in business uh, or that practice, that same practice uh, kind of applies into the, my business uh, foray because every decision um, whether to hire a certain person that, per, you know, perhaps 
came from a different uh, company that your friend owns or to take on a project or to take bold steps in a new direction in a new industry that might potentially have you know foreseen effects uh, negative effects to certain sectors there are a lot of these uh, decisions that require finesse and require a thorough thinking you know nothing is done impulsively and it takes like six months before you even pull the trigger and i would say even and this is one good example even if it took six months for you to do your due diligence before taking that step and you didn't and you end up having to not take the step after all i wouldn't say those six months are are wasted because uh, those accumulate over time in life i would say um, that perhaps when a similar situation comes along those decisions are better you know uh, those conclusions are uh, easier to arrive to and the good example of that is uh, bringing in vr headsets uh, an official distributorship to the country because um, facebook uh, or oculus doesn't have wow. it as an official distributor yet mm-hmm. as a country mm-hmm. So yeah, that's one. Um, I would say that uh, a lot of uh, the the abrasiveness, the aggression, the speed, even um, that uh, I used to have three years ago, I would say they are now more modulated. Modulated, but for sure, Erlik is not that right. How like how modulated are you in growing your team in Erlik? I I, I know you're outsourcing <laughs> talent to the world <laughs> like how does that work for you and what kind of um, talent are you outsourcing okay um, in the strictest definition uh, Ehrlich is a, again right a software development company um, right software development we're outsourcing we outsource software development now in terms of modulation um, a lot of the uh, and, and we're not perfect right like we're not exactly um, taking 10 minutes before taking any step right it's not like everything is thought through 100% but definitely the modulation as you correctly pointed out is there and here's how as we grew first of all we grew um, like from five people uh, collectively that is Matsubers and early five to 31 as of today um, within the pandemic most of our employees in uh, Oh, actually, I've met them now, but um, some of the um, employees in early, like, I haven't met personally. I was willing to drive over, um, you know, to deliver their contracts and everything. But I'm just saying, um, in that regard, I guess we just kind of struck gold and um, I guess I got lucky because in that regard, uh, there are people that we hired that were... M- hired more for the need more because we really needed them at that time mm-hmm. than because we believed in these people now that was the decision or the decision making that went into it initially now when i say i'm lucky i really mean it because i think we bastion and i have been lucky with our team so far because every every one of them you know if we could clone that's what we would want to. <laughs> Every one of them we struck gold with, really. And they're Wait, very valued it's, it's team true, Like One of uh, Ms. Flair's and my first conversations yeah, uh, yeah, online was um, the... I hate to have to say sorry state, but yeah, the state of the quality of developers that we have in Cebu City. 
because I've had comments from our clients that although our developers are good, they are not cutting edge because most of our companies are, you know, rinse and repeat. It's more outsourced and um, it's more like um, contract based instead of like really creating um, specific apps like the app you did um, for contact tracing. So sir, what can you say about um, the quality of developers that we have in Cebu City and the Philippines in general? You know, that's a, that's a great question. Um, first of all, um, I, I'm going to answer this in two ways, all right? Mm-hmm. That's me as uh, a Cebuano and um, as having, you know, uh, started here. Well, I'm still here, right? It's not like I ended up somewhere. <laughs> um, so that's one way. And another way is from a business perspective uh, with the perspective of my partner, um, Bastian. Mm-hmm. So uh, first of all, I'm... I was, and um, I still am, I think, biased in a way that I still prefer or favor more um, Cebuano developers. And uh, that's coming from me as, say, you know, the, uh, a frog in a pot, right? Not seeing the outside world, not having relevant uh, firsthand experience with developers outside of Cebu. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, and, and that's kind of the, the way Matterverse started, really. I had so much faith in the local talent that I went to DOST and said, look, this is how much and what we can do in this uh, locality. And this is what, what we can do, can do for the rest of the world. So, you know, that's, it's, it's with that much faith that I, I had uh, uh, in Cebuano, uh, Cebuano talent or developers um, that I started Matterverse with. Now. So that's me personally. I think they're awesome, right? But this, there's Bastian, who you know has a bachelor in international business, uh, his master's degree again in uh, um, innovation and business development, um, who has traveled the world and basically has been um, keeping an eye out for locations, and and I mean countries um, around the world to potentially start a business in. And this business particularly, which is Ehrlich. Mm-mm. Now, this uh, Bastian lived here. Um, so this is kind of a story, a life story of Bastian, right? He lived here for a couple of years, worked with a couple of developers here, has developers um, in Europe, in the US. He, you know, he's uh, an OG startup guy. Mm-hmm. Their startup got uh, uh, acquired, I think. Um, and then there are, there are employees that he's worked with in Cebu and outside of Cebu. His conclusion, and which is, of course, naturally what led to the creation of Ehrlich, is Cebuano is, you would say, the right soil, or Cebu is the right soil for, you know, digging gold um, and, uh, you know, nurturing farms that will, you know, uh, transcend our generation. He, he you know, he, he said it, he says it that way because the few developers he's worked with, with here in Cebu and of course, you know, um, uh, a few others as well outside of Cebu has led to a very positive experience that only years after I met him, like four years later, did he, you know, did he really set the, the target that, okay, this is the right ground, this is the right country, this is the right place to start mm-hmm. this specific business from. So that is, uh, from his perspective now, right? My perspective, I'm just biased. I like Cebu. I like Cebu. <laughs> yeah. But from him, 
you know, uh, having gone through, uh, having gone around the world, basically. For him to have that much faith in our local software development talent, that kind of makes me feel, you know, I didn't know what I was saying, but I guess I was right. <laughs> Your intuition was correct, I guess, which is different from like what Miss Coney said. That was our initial impression because like there was a statistic, right? Like the report that you shared yeah. on LinkedIn. And that's where I commented okay. with Miss Coney. I saw her mm-hmm. post. Yeah. She's quite an influencer on mm-hmm. LinkedIn, mind you. Like um, people like her post and share it. And I was the one who saw that. When I saw the statistic, I was like, I agree with that. I, I guess my experience is quite different mm-hmm. from 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 both of you, right? Like um, Miss Coney had not a not so favorable experience. Whereas here we have Sir Ryan, who has all the good things he can say about Cebuano yeah. developers. So that's mm. quite a contrast right there. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like they said, sir, like our client said, and that the, the statistic that I shared, uh-huh. which Ms. Claire saw, is that yes, our developers are good. They're, they're, they're good, but not cutting edge. So it's like if you hire for mm. um, apps, like normal apps, sure, they'd make it. But if you hire them for specific cutting edge apps or like, you know, apps that really, let's say, solve problems for COVID-19 mm-hmm. or like like have uh, or create something Netflix-like with, you know, um, with better streaming or bandwidth or, you know, a Pied Piper-like thing, like, um, what Richard did for um, um, Silicon Valley, we'd be hard pressed to find that. Because for one, although um, it's nice that Bastian said that we have the right soil for it. Yes, we have talent. Mm-hmm. But I think we are having problems with how we're nurturing talent. Because we, we, yes. we don't have the facility, the infrastructure. As I was like ranting and raving to Miss Flair, like Miss Flair, like these kids only like get an hour a week at school to practice oh, coding. A lot true. of these kids yeah. don't have computers at home. Um, we don't have a, a facility where like they can go 24 hours a day, you know, to practice if they want to. We don't have like enough hackathons or enough like competition or training programs for these kids. So the 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 good developers that we have, I've noticed, is that they were hired by people who believed in them and trained them and really pushed them. And then, because I've also like dealt with, let's say, this developer from Bohol who now works for Spotify in Sweden. Wow. Um, I met him on LinkedIn because like he also commented on that post miss that we're talking about. <laughs> um, so I'm like, wow, you're from Bohol and you work for Spotify. And then so I asked like, so dear, wh- what are you doing in Sweden? Why aren't you in the Philippines? And then he, he said like, miss, in the Philippines, you don't get pushed to really create and develop. It's uh-huh. more political. Mm-hmm. So they stifle you. Whereas if you work for an international company, you're really allowed to explore and grow and solve problems without, you know, the emotionality or politics connected with it. That makes sense. Uh, I, I, I would have to add, though, that uh, that's true. Um, devs almost to the point of being weaponized are mm-hmm. normally stressed, uh, you know, especially mm-hmm. under... Uh, mm-hmm. Certain certain employers, let's just say. Mm-hmm. I have one uh, one of our team members in Ehrlich actually worked with um, someone that I know and uh, that I you know already had doubts in um, 
you know, uh, in implement uh, implementing a major project for the city, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we kind of shared uh, the different things that he has experienced working for different employers uh, through the years, and one in particular. And in contrast with uh, the things and the the ways we do things um, in early. And uh, I wouldn't say though that you know everything. I, I mean, you know, this is probably too much uh, praising my own company, right? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but, it's uh, okay, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, the, I guess the difference really is you know in actively knowing the the perils of managing people, you know, um, being sensitive to their needs, and um, if all of that fail, just going back to you know our own sense of right and wrong. Like, mm-hmm. you know, does this person deserve more? Even though this person is so contented with a certain base salary and mm-hmm. keeping that person there is, you know, uh, makes all business sense. But if that person, you know, kind of, you know, deserves more and has really contributed more than the others, for example, we, we tend to have mm-hmm. that conversation, Bastion and I, um, about the worth of that person and uh, how much, you know, proportionate. Uh, proportionately, um, that person should be compensated, and, uh, and that's that's I guess where um, where we differ um, because and I, I'm you know I'm just theorizing here. It's partly because we have uh, the founders, me and Bastion, mm-hmm. are uh, lean very uh, or I mean uh, are very lean in um, the way we live our lives. Like Bastion is um, in a European country that. Uh, uh, the standards or the cost of living is just as, about as low cost. If I could ask, where is he in Europe? Um, I don't know if I can say this online. Oh, okay. European country that is just about the same as in the Philippines. And meanwhile, there's me who eats once a day. So I'm very <laughs> lean in terms of economic cost or economics, right? Um, mm. So so the way I see or the way we see our developers is, you know, they're partners um, and less, less of employees, but That's more good. like partners in the mm-hmm. way we split the profits, the way we, you know, compensate everyone. So I, right. I, I hope that answered the question. I even lost track of the question. Was. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. Sharing. But what we've noticed sir, is that like our cutting edge developers are not in the Philippines. They find employment elsewhere. Um, you know, out of the Philippines, like our top developers are in Singapore, are in Europe. Like the the guy I mentioned, the one who works in Spotify, who's from Bohol. Like, it would be nice. Like, you know, it's idealistic, but it would be nice if these guys don't have to go out of the country and That's use true. Their, their talents for, like, you know, as Miss Fair said, para sa bayan, like. Like mm-hmm. you'd use your talents to create something for the Philippines, and you know, for like. That's why, like, it would have been nice if we kept them here. Cause the brain, the brain, yeah. Like, um, like we have companies like Erlich. Like Erlich could use a lot of them. You know, more yeah, of them. True. But that's why, like, Eric's kind of hoping, like, you know, with the with DICT and with the innovation law that just came mm-hmm. up. I hope there would be more facilities, like, that you know would really encourage our developers. So. Um, sir, do you think this is going to be a controversial question? Do you think that we're doing enough for our developers? Is the country doing enough for our developers? Okay, um, I have two answers again. That's like, I mean, 
judging from the statistics, right, that only, uh, or there's been a decrease, um, like I think 3% of our graduate, graduates uh, or employed people um, were uh, IT or um, yeah. information technology related um, in 2018, and that dropped to like 2.8 or something um, in wow. 2019. Um, to me, uh, and again, this is why I say that I'm going to answer this in two ways. Uh, to mm-hmm. me personally, uh, if the question is, uh, do we have the right people? If they, do we have enough uh, uh, people in the government that care about mm-hmm. the local software industry? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say this. Yes, there are people that care even almost more than their retirement mm-hmm. or the local software development industry. But if the question is, is the government enough? I'm gonna tell you that it's not. But this is this is how it's interesting. The, the people that are doing enough or the people that are very sincere in fulfilling the role of cultivating the local software or technology scene um, are driving the government, which currently isn't doing enough. Now, as long as these people exist, and as long as these people are encouraged and supported, not only by the government, but also by the local community, by the very community that they are you know, sticking their neck out to help, I believe these people will continue to you know, breed and um, introduce more uh, people in the government that have the same sincerity and mindset and vision as them. So as long as these people exist, I would say, the government will continue to exist to the direction of doing enough for the local technology industry. Right. And so I know you've mentioned a lot about your developers then doing all these projects, outsourcing, outsourcing them. Can you tell us or like give us an idea what your openings are like? Like what should be their core skill set? Uh, I'm sure there are developers there that say, hey, I'm a full stack developer and all that. But some of them would say, okay, I only prefer these kinds of technologies. Yeah. So what <laughs> is it like? <laughs> yeah, right. So what is it like for early? Like what? who are you looking for? Okay, um, I'm going to answer that two ways again. I like this <laughs> format. Um, <laughs> yeah. One, I'm going to talk about the technical need. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's call it the the quantitative uh, need, right? Um, mm-hmm. how, many, how many years of experience of a specific language do they have? And that's what is quantita- what makes it quantitative. But the qualitative side or aspect of every, uh, every hire to us means as much, if not more. Mm-hmm. And here's how. So to answer your question, technically, um, we, we, need, uh, we need a number of people for so many projects that currently we are unable to take because we mm-hmm. don't have the people. So it's like, you know, check it and egg situation. So we want to have as many of the hens or mm-hmm. as many of the uh, uh, chickens waiting so mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, we, we can grab more eggs. Or maybe it's the other way around, but you get the point. Now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> channel, yes. <laughs> now, um, technically, we need, uh, like, you know, for web, React, uh, Node.js, C-sharp, .NET, mm-hmm. Python, Rails, um, and as well as for, like, Android or uh, mobile, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, React Native, Flutter, Java. Uh, now, there's no question that a lot of the um, developers in the local community do 
uh, have these tasks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, these uh, these competencies. But what I'm finding out, uh, and uh, I'm I'm probably the less qualified uh, person to speak on this compared to Bastian. But what I'm what I'm finding out is our uh, team members that have thrived and uh, really work well with the rest of the teams um, locally and internationally are those with the qualitative aspects, mm-hmm. you know, nailed. So these are the people that work well with people, communicate correctly or properly, and just have the right work ethics. And these, you know, um, I wouldn't say that the presence of these skills, these qualitative skills are, you know, overpowering or making up for their lack of mm-hmm. the, the tech. Mm-mm. I wouldn't say that because it's it's not exactly the case, but I would say that definitely their skill in uh, in, in their soft skills in general, right, um, right. their mm-hmm. being, you know, uh, do matter, and uh, they matter so much so that we don't need them so much for their technical capabilities, but more because of the awesome personality they have, yeah, their company fit, yes, <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, yeah, God. Yeah. So yeah, what are your, I'm just wondering, cause I know you have a lot of like technical requirements for these developers and you also are looking for the right people who will be a good fit for your team. But if I, if I'm a, let's say I aspire to be a software developer, what should be the first things that I would do or what courses should I take so that I will be qualified at least to apply in a company such as Ehrlich? Ah, that's that's a good question. Um, communication definitely is right up there, and um, and it's you know it's not something you can do uh, like ahead of time, but definitely experience matters so much for us. Mm. Stay uh, five years in a specific mm-hmm. language. Um, so to answer that question, it will be like uh, you know getting the fundamentals right. So practicing communications, you know, uh, skills, not only in tech um, and uh, accumulating experiences, I guess Mm -hmm. what I can tell um, any, say, aspiring developer. Right. Sir, would it still matter if somebody graduated or not? That's a good question. Um, I, I for one, actually uh, have um, experience with people that didn't graduate that of course you know outperformed the ones that did um, mm. I have although I have that experience I wouldn't say that it won't matter because mm-hmm. you know from a stack of resume uh, like you know as, as you're looking at a resume um, that's kind of uh, an, an identifier of their capabilities right if they graduated then they probably possess the, you know, the hustle required to mm. do the thesis, to, you know, to uh, uh, like hustle it out across four years. Um, but what really defines one uh, applicant for us um, more than, definitely more than their uh, degree is their capacity to complete our code challenge. Okay. So they're given like a 24-hour um, time window to see uh, how much of, you know, um, the task can they complete. And uh, I would say that that is mm-hmm. definitely like uh, one one of at least 
you know, or at most three reasons that we hire a certain person. Awesome. Okay, I think we have to wrap it up. So before we do that, maybe um, Ryan, we can request you to try and describe how is it hiring uh, um, in 2021? Or maybe you can share what your vision is for your company in the next few years. What's your vision for Ehrlich? And how is it related to your challenges in hiring for tech this year? Okay. Um, challenges. Uh, well, first of all, let's start with the vision. Um, just like in Silicon Valley, actually, our vision was to have a big house. And we actually had like identified <laughs> one already. Um, one big house, like five rooms here in Happy Valley. Wow. Um, <laughs> all, of the, uh, all of the developers. And that would include um, actually Matterverse and Ehrlich. Because you know, with Matterverse, we have these equipment that are owned by the government. And um, so I'm talking about like VR headsets, drones, 360-degree cameras. Mm-hmm. While in Ehrlich, you know, we have these developers that are very passionate and uh, that we have given the liberty of paid trainings. And uh, these paid trainings are, you know, things they do when they run out of stuff to do within their eight-hour shift. So they, you know, take courses or uh, self-learn. Uh, and uh, so so that's where, uh, or so, so that's been the vision, right? To have that one big house. Um, now, however, what we're trying to do is uh, getting the, or for, for hiring particularly, uh, we have shifted from that vision, which is you know for them to be able to roll into the house and get that interview. But um, we've, we've been doing things virtually, right? So now that I've communicated with you the vision, um, like actually half of it, um, I think this is gonna be interesting uh, as a year, um, 2021, um, as we continue to scale, um, not because we are hindered or uh, you know taken aback by the challenges of hiring during the pandemic, because you know we've done that in 2020, mm-hmm. um, but because we are in the process of streamlining our HR operations. So mm-hmm. you know we used to just like post everywhere. Um, post ads and accumulate uh, so much a credit card bill in uh, LinkedIn and Facebook um, <laughs> to find those developers. But you know, uh, as as we roll into 2021, we're trying to streamline that and you know catch um, a glimpse, you know, or uh, I would say uh, capture more of the uh, uh, graduates this year. I mean, you know, what we've been doing is great. Like, you know, that's how we grew from uh, or within, uh, within the year of 2020. And of course, you know, that's uh, with our uh, mutual friend, Rhea, who's been doing great, uh, fantastic with our um, initial for sure. interviews for early. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like as we move into 2021, we're um, trying to get more or be more efficient and be more um, mm-hmm. uh, strategic about finding mm-hmm. our talent. So I hope, I hope it doesn't come too difficultly. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're trying to grow and I hope, you know, we, we're all in this, uh, we, we're going to see each other one way or another as we grow the local uh, technology talent. That's perfect. So I guess uh, if you would wrap it up in one word, what would it be? I think you've mentioned strategic. Is that going to be your word for 2021? I w- perhaps a bigger 
um, word that covers strategic ness, I guess, is uh-huh. mindful, like being more mindful about our status. Mindful, okay. Yes. So it's like, you know, we were running forward uh, last year only because we had to. But mm-hmm. now we're running forward because, you know, we are with, with the proper diets, with the proper conditioning. So we're running forward at full speed, not because we're being chased by someone, but because we can Right. And I guess that's about it. Thank you so much, Mr. Brian Tan Yu, for Thank being here. Really that was such really a great um, conversation. Thank you. <laughs> it Let's was. I learned talk. a lot. Yep, yep. Same here. And Miss Coney, thank you so much. Thank you, I, thank you for being our awesome co-host for today. Right. So let's wrap it up. Thank you to our sponsors. Again, Third Team Media, Aleph Talent Solutions, Grow Libro, Content Dash App, and to our podcast partner, The Company. Use the code FLAIRE, F-L-E-I-R-E, for your free four-hours trial on their regular days right here at their co-working space. So go ahead and visit them. And thank you most especially to you, our listeners, for this podcast, Wicked Thoughts. Till next episode. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. See you guys next Friday. So Bye. That wraps up this episode from Wicked Thoughts. Make sure to subscribe and join the host on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash flare. That's patreon slash F-L-E-I-R-E for exclusive content. Tune in for more Wicked Conversations right here at Wicked Thoughts.